Welcome to the driver's press conference ahead of the 2019 Chinese Grand Prix. Joining us from left to right this afternoon, we have Alex Albon, Kimi Raikkonen, Sergio Perez, and Roman Grosjean. Gentlemen, I'd like to start with a moment of reflection, given that this is Formula One's 1,000th World Championship race. Growing up watching the sport, what made you want to become a Formula One driver? And Roman, if we could start with you, please. Yeah, good afternoon. Um, yeah, it was, uh, I started watching with my dad a long time ago. Um, and it was the time of the Elton Senna versus Alain Prost um, fights. And um, it was pretty exciting to watch. And my dad always was passionate about cars. So one day he brought me to a, a racetrack, not a Formula One uh, race. Um, and I saw the cars going and I thought, you know what, that's what I would like to do. And then eventually, I was uh, lucky in 1998 to come to Monaco Grand Prix uh, to watch the first day practice. And I saw the car and I heard the noise of the engine and just was something very, very unique and special. Good memory of my life. And I remember going to the toilets and DC was there. And he said, oh, you, you go first, son. Still call me son by then. Um, and, uh, and I was no, 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 you, you go. And, uh, you know, pretty amazing. Thank you, Roman. Sergio? Yeah, for me, similar, similar story. I remember the first, the first race I watched with my dad was in 94, actually, when, when Ayrton had his accident. That was the first race I ever saw. So it was quite a, a shock moment, uh, more for my dad than, than for me at the time. I didn't understood well what's happening. And obviously, from Mexico, Formula One is not, is not very big, so it, was, it always seemed too far, you know, it, it, like too difficult. It's been a while since we had a driver, so the history uh, back home is wasn't big. Uh, but as a family, we always loved the sport, and I always wanted to to become a Formula One driver. Uh, so at a very young age, I I went to Europe to to fight for it. Um, and uh, yeah, I remember watching so many, so many races. Always waking up very early in the morning because in Mexico the races are very early, six o'clock, seven o'clock in the morning. So always um, on a weekend when you don't want to wake up early, I had to to watch Formula One. And, and yeah, I actually remember watching Kimi back then <laughs> at a very young age too. Thank you, Sergio. Well, Kimi, coming on to you. Yeah, I think. Uh I don't know which year it was, but a uh, long time ago, 80s, that's for sure. So, uh, so some, um, I think the first memories, some of my Gekka was racing when he blew up his tire or something, and uh, I think in Adelaide or something, with a long stride, maybe last races that he did. So anyhow, um, yeah, um, obviously was cheering for the Finnish, Finnish guys, and uh, but I never really, I didn't think that uh, maybe you dream when you're a kid, but uh, once we start doing co-cuts and everything, I didn't really believe that it's going to happen because uh, obviously uh, so you need a certain amount of money to get from co-cuts uh, to racing. And um, yeah, maybe I believe a bit more when I got my managers helping and then actually got to racing for more cars and then obviously it went very quickly. but. Uh, I guess it was a dream, but uh, not, not very, really, very realistic on that point. But yeah, no, it, it went uh, fast once it started to go there. Thank you, Kimi. Alex, your thoughts? 
Yeah, uh, my my hero was Michael Schumacher. So that was kind of the guy that I uh, always looked up to. Um, I was Ferrari mad, actually, even if I should say that or not, I don't know. But uh, yeah, I loved uh, Schumacher. And um, it, I think I was about six, so a little bit like Roma. I uh, I was at Silverstone and I had like some competition. It was kind of like a you had to fill out the top three drivers that you thought would win the race um, or finish in, in, in that order. So I just put my three favorite drivers in order. So I just put Michael, Rubens, and Montoya maybe. Um, and for some reason at that race, that's what happened. I think Barrichello was finishing last or something. So no one wrote what I wrote down. And it was kind of this, I think it was a inhospitality of Ferrari. So uh, yeah, I won the prize. Um, got to meet Michael, got to meet uh, Ruben, so yeah, it stuck with me that, and uh, yeah, always became a I, was a, I was a hardcore fan. Thank you to all four of you. Alex, if we could just stay with you now, um, going well so far, you've out-qualified your teammate in both Australia and Bahrain. Can you just describe the learning curve you've been on so far in Formula One? Yeah, it's been steep, um, getting in the car in Barcelona, um, getting up to speed. The the speed bit was, it's the cars are so refined now that you do feel quite comfortable with the car straight away. It's more the interaction with the team and kind of just extracting performance outside of the car, which, which definitely is a lot about the experience. Um, so just being with Danny, um, listening to him really, listening to his feedback, how he communicates with people, it really does um, help, help me. Um, and, but yeah, it's been going well. Um, simulation, simulator driving, that's helped a lot as well. Um, but no, I'm happy with it so far. And are you doing anything different with your helmet this weekend? Yeah, I, so I've got a Prince Bira tribute. Um, I thought it'd be cool to kind of go back, um, bring out some of the Thai history in Formula One. Um, so I have uh, yeah a couple of photos. I think I have his number. Yeah, well, not my number, but in, kind of in his style, because uh, he had the blue and yellow uh, racing uh, scheme. So yeah, that's about it. Thank you, Alex. Good luck this weekend. Roman, if we could come on to you now, please. You're a man in need of some good fortune this weekend uh, in China. Just how was last week's test session in Bahrain? Did you get to understand why the car's pace dropped off in the race? Well, it started with three wheels, which didn't help uh, after the contact in the first corners. No, I think, uh, yeah, we had, we had some good testing and a um, bit disrupted by the rain, which was a surprise to all of us in Bahrain and Tuesday, but we, we did manage to get Wednesday afternoon uh, some good, uh, good data and good info. Um, I think we found some, um, some interesting setup that uh, we should have been running during the race. Um, you know, I think the car is fast and it's good, and you don't qualify twice in the top ten um, if you don't have a, a fast car. So I think we just missed something in Bahrain that we found uh, a testing, uh, which was good. And uh, yeah, I think right now what we need is a bit of luck on our side, and uh, I make sure that we. We go through the race with no incident or no issue, and uh, we should be able to, uh, to have a good weekend. And anything different with your helmet this weekend? Yeah, um, I've changed the design uh, using the F1 1000 logo. Um, that looks really cool. Um, you know, just a full white helmet. Um, nothing really from the past of Formula One, but I was not very, you know, I, I used to throw all my equipment to the bins of the season. 
and uh, luckily my wife pushed me to keep at least one thing from every year I know I've got one overall per year uh, from all my racing carries from go-karts to uh, 2019 season and actually when I look at them now I think it's pretty cool so you know I've got some helmet back home that means more than others um, uh, my 100 Grand Prix helmet and, and obviously being part of one race 1000 in Formula 1 is going to be something big so that helmet is going to go on the shelf and uh, I really like the design that uh, that we've produced and uh, looks pretty classy and, uh, and really cool to be driven in China. Thank you, Roman. Good luck this weekend. Sergio, coming on to you. It hasn't been the easiest of starts for the team in 2019, although you did finish in the points last time out. Are there any underlying issues with the car? And if there are, what are they? I think, yeah, the upgrade that we brought to, to the start of the season, given that we didn't have enough time to, to test or, or to work on it, I think uh, that put us in the back foot and the moment in the midfield group. So um, we scored points in, in Melbourne and now uh, in Bahrain. So at the moment we are not fast enough. We, we are not where we want to be, but I think, uh, I mean, we've proven in the past, it's a very long season. It doesn't matter where you are now, it's where you, where you get to, to Abu Dhabi. And I think we are understanding uh, our issues. We have a lot of work to do. And, and I think uh, pretty confident that we, we're going to meet all our targets for, for this season. OK. And your helmet design this weekend? Uh, the design didn't change much. It's, uh, I, I wanted to put the Thousand Race logo on my helmet just to, it's obviously very special, you know, as a driver to, to race here on, on such a special venue for Formula One. Uh, it's a very special weekend also. So uh, I want, as Roman said, to, to remember this weekend in, in many years, look at this helmet and, and remember that I, I was part of the Thousand uh, Race for Formula One. Thank you, Sergio. Good luck this weekend. Kimmy, thanks for waiting. Coming on to you. Great start of the season for you and Alfa Romeo, points in both of the opening two races. Can you tell us what are the strengths of this year's car and has the performance so far changed your goals for the season? Um, no, it hasn't. I didn't really have any goals, so it's a bit, a bit hard to change them. So um, I, don't, it's, I can't really talk about last year's car. Obviously, I did the test, but this you know, uh, one track, so from my side it's hard to say what what, what is a lot better on this car than they, what they had last year, but for sure they did a good good job over the winter. Um, from the car that I drove in, in Abu Dhabi in a tyre test to what we have now, obviously there's a lot of things to improve still and it's uh, kind of never-ending story and ongoing ongoing things to, to try to make it better. Um, Holding more downforce and stuff like that, but uh, yeah, I think in general it's quite a good solid package, and um, you know I think the guys had, uh, we understand it pretty okay, and you know they are, seem to have a good good guys on uh, on all the areas to to bring new stuff. Uh, you know it never comes fast enough, but that's that's a normal issue in any team you go. You know. Um, but yeah, I think the basis there is just needs to be make faster all the time. So keep it up and uh, see what we got when we get in the end of the year. And anything different on the helmet design for to celebrate 1,000 races? No, no, I wanted to have 
open face helmet, but there were some regulation issues. So. Okay. Thank you, Kimmy. Thanks to all four of you. Let's open this up to the floor now. Please remember to give your name and publication. First question, please. Dieter Rankin, Racing Lines and RaceFans.net. Uh, Checo, you say your helmet design hasn't changed much, but I'm, I'm sort of hearing from an insider that your helmet has actually changed. Do you have a different brand for this race? Ah, uh, yeah. In, in that regard, yes. I've, uh, I've moved to, to Bell. I've been... Uh, um, a long term with the um, partnership with Shube, which I'm very thankful. I think it's a fantastic uh, helmet. Um, now I, I had the opportunity to, to change, and um, I think Bell is also a, a fantastic helmet. I've tried it, so yeah, I, it's my first race with them now. I started my career actually in Formula One with, with them, and now I'm going back to Bell. Thank you. Next one, please. Kimmy, hi. <coughs> Stephen Wave with Associated Press. Um, we see that this summer you're going to break a F F1 record for the most races contested. How do you how do you stay motivated? You've had tremendous success already. How do you stay motivated and stay on top of your game? I don't know, really. I don't I don't have any any special things that I try to motivate myself and uh, I think it's, it's become more as a hobby for me lately than <laughs> than anything else and probably that's why it's more fun again so um, yeah, um, I, I always try to do the best that I can some days it goes a bit better than others but that's how it goes goes when you do a lot of racing it's uh, some days it's a bit, a bit more tricky than others but uh, yeah it's it's never really been an issue even so, a lot of people think so, but uh, you know, that's, uh, that's, uh, everybody has right, right to say what they think. So, so I just try to do what I can, and hopefully, it's, uh, you know, when I feel myself that it's not, not what I expect from myself, then obviously uh, I find, try to find a new hobby after that. So. Thank you, Kimmy. Next question, please. Michael Butterworth, Xinhua News Agency. To, to all four drivers, um, keen to know your thoughts on the Shanghai circuit and if there are any particular features or characteristics that make it uh, especially challenging or unique. Who wants to start with that? Alex, why don't we start your side this time? Okay. Um, well, it's my first time here, so a little bit hard to say, but just coming from ex watching videos and, and, seeing, and being on the simulator, just seems like there's about a thousand lines you can do here. Um, a lot of corners leading onto other corners, so it seems like uh, there's a lot of different styles, pushing entries or, or pushing exits. Um, so yeah, there seems to be a, a really technical track. Um, so it's interesting for, for the drivers, that's for sure. Kimmy. I think it's a nice track. Um, it's, I was, it's obviously been the same since I, I came here first time, but uh, yeah, some good overtaking opportunities, so um, yeah, and quite a fun, fun to try. So. you? It's quite a, a long circuit, long straights, uh, very long corners like turn one, uh, which is quite hard when you first get here. Uh, first lap, it's always very hard to reach the apex, you know, because it's so late in the corner that it kind of um, 
gets you. Also, the wind is very, very difficult here. So it's uh, quite a unique place, I'll say. Um, normally good racing and um, nice feeling on a, on a one lap. It's, it's definitely a circuit that I enjoy. And Roman? Yeah, it's a, it's a good circuit. Um, one of the challenges to get here uh, in the morning on time. Um, but uh, no, if not, uh, racing is quite fun, as Kimi say. Uh, qualifying lap is always good. And then in the race, the big challenge is to look after your tyres, especially the fronts, uh, with those long corners, turn one, turn seven, eight, 13. That, uh, that can really make a, a huge difference if you've if you've used your tires too much or not, and, and then you can have some good racing. So, um, yeah, I think it's, uh, it's a pretty good place to come. Thank you. Any more questions, please? Yeah. Thank you. Uh, Stuart Codling, Autosport. A question for Alex. The 2021 technical regulations currently taking shape uh, and are under discussion. Um, the desired outcomes are for a more level playing field for there to be more overtaking opportunities. Do you think that reducing the amount of data capture would provide that? Or would it actively be a problem for drivers such as you who are just coming into the sport? Would it be a disadvantage? To, is this to promote overtaking? Um, I wouldn't say reducing data would, would affect overtaking. Um, Kind of on my side at least, da data is more just for kind of getting lap time, but it wouldn't be a, a tool. I'd say reducing it would would affect with the yeah with the passes. No, Alex, would it make your job harder if there was no data in relation to overtaking? No, no, just in general. Oh uh, yeah, I would say so. I think data now is obviously in Formula One. It's it's huge. It's kind of Especially for me, it's, it's a fast track to getting up to speed. Um, and um, even just about getting performance, it's, it's definitely something I, I use a lot. I compare with Danny Weiss a lot. Um, I think some drivers look at data more than others. I'm a driver who looks at data quite a lot just to, as I said, get up to speed. But um, yeah, I'm using it a lot right now. Um, but as you said, for passing or overtaking, no. Thank you. Next question, please. Veliko Jukic, Autofocus Slovenia. I have a question for Kimi. They say <laughs> you are slower with each kid for about one second. How you compensate this now when you have two seconds <laughs> slower conditions to drive? But maybe I have somehow go faster on the same time, you know, compensate it. But I don't think the kids make any, I don't, you know, there's an awful lot of stories that are based on nothing. In F1, so um, I didn't ever feel that suddenly something happened on my driving uh, when, when our family got bigger. But uh, I don't know. It, it, I guess it depends from people to people. Also, you know, sometimes it might affect. But uh, at least on our side, on my side, it, it, I don't feel it. Like it, it obviously, the life changed a lot. Um, outside of racing, but um, yeah, pure driving didn't really affect on my side. Checo, I might just throw that question to you and to Roman. How yeah, do similar, similar to Kimi, I think it doesn't. 
Formula One drivers are not normal, I will say, you know. So when we're driving, we don't think that we have family, we have kids, we we just want to go as fast as we possibly can. I think out of racing, yeah, it, it changes. You sleep a lot less, and looking after your kids and, and so on. So all of a sudden, a Formula One race weekend becomes a holiday, you know, because you're able to, to sleep longer and, and so on. So it's, it's uh, but it's a lot of fun. Uh, and it doesn't really affect at all. Uh, if if it takes one second, then it means in the past we were really quick, you know, because if we had a couple of seconds in the pocket, it means a lot. Roman, anything to add? No, no, I think uh, what, what the boys say is pretty pretty much uh, the truth, you know. I think it changed you as a man back home, and uh, changed your whole life um, and, and perspective and, and probably helps you more than, uh, than slows you down. When you have a tough weekend and you come back home, you've got your kids, it doesn't matter what happened, they... Uh, they love you, and, and you love them more than anything. So actually, yeah, it's to put things in perspective. But yeah, with three kids now, three seconds off the pace, my goodness, <laughs> quite happy to be qualified in the top 10. Alex, any children we don't know about? No. <laughs> OK, next question, please. Julien Villiot, the question to all four drivers. Uh, how do you think Formula, Formula One sorry, will look like for race 2040 or 50 years time, will car racing still exist? And what kind of cars could we see on track? Or would you like to see on track? Well, we started with Alex last time, so I think Roman will start with you. I actually already answered that question on the phone with Julien. Um, <clears throat> it's, a, it's a tough one. I'd, I've got no idea what the car's gonna be like in 40, 50 years. Um, the only thing I'll say, I hope there's still gonna be a driver driving the car. Because uh, that's where emotions goes, you know. If you put a football game with just robot, it's not going to be much fun. So um, I hope there's still going to be drivers. Uh, technology will be very different, I'm sure. Um, but uh, I think the essence of racing has been here since 1950. It's the first F1 race where the guys were driving at their best, trying to overtake the guy in front of them and going as fast as they could with what they have. And, and oversteer was oversteer back then, and understeer is understeer back uh, today. So, you know, I think, um, I think the feeling was the same. So I hope the guys are going to have as much fun as we do have today. Jacko? Yeah, similar, I think. Technology these days is is developing, uh, scary, you know. So I really hope that in the future the, the drivers are still at the driver and and uh, they're able to have uh, as much fun as we do. Or, or because uh, yeah, I think things are going to change massively. Um, so yeah, I mean, really hope that at least that things stay the same. Uh, obviously, they they will be very different. I think probably they they might be electric, but. I mean, in a couple of years, yeah. I hope in may, many more years. <laughs> and and um, yeah, just that the driver uh, still be be important, you know. I think, um, I don't know how it was in the past, but these days uh, the driver is less important. The driver can make less of a difference, and it's now all related to the team. So I think for the future and for my time that I'm, that I'm here, I can see a different Formula One where the driver can make the difference instead of the team. Kimi? Yeah, it's impossible to know what will happen. I, I guess probably there will be racing and some, some sorts of racing, who knows what, but uh, it's been now thousand races, so you know, I don't think it's going to disappear somehow, suddenly, but who knows? I mean, we'll, we'll find out when it's that time. Thank you. And Alex? Yeah, same as them. As long as we have a job or the future of our 
racing drivers have a job, then I'm, then I'm happy. <laughs> okay, any, any more questions, please? Yep. Zoran Zhivkov, Top Speed Magazine, Serbia. Uh, question to all four drivers. When you look at the past, uh, this jubilee and uh, history, if you have had a time machine, in which period, in which era uh, you would like to come back, potentially? Alex, I think it's your turn to start. Um, I haven't really thought about that. I'd say, let's go old school, like 1950s. Just see what the, uh, I want to see kind of how, how the sport was back then. Um, I know it's dangerous, so maybe <laughs> I'll bring my hands device with me and, uh, and we'll see. But I think the, that kind of racing is cool. Um, and yeah, I'd like to try it out. Thank you. Kimmy? No, I wouldn't want to come back for the second one anymore, so... Um, but, yeah, I, I guess I, in the past, I said maybe 70s, 60s, late 60s, 70s, for sure would have been more fun, more relaxed, uh, more pure racing, but uh, obviously much more dangerous, but that's, you know, that's, that's what's normal, let's say, that time, so... We saw you with a James Hunt helmet a few years ago, didn't we? Yeah, a, long, a bit more than three years, but yeah. Okay, thanks, Kimmy. Checo? Yeah, I think that 90, in 1960s, 70s, I think that those times were, were good fun. The, the driving looked like very dangerous, of course. So I think the driver, depending on the risk that you took, you could have made the, the difference. You know, I think it's something that. Uh, all my career I have missed, you know, that always the difference is made by the cars and, and not so much by the driver. So I think back then was was good fun. It looked really, really good. And also the atmosphere was really relaxed. I think this, these days Formula One is too post, you know, and, and uh, yeah, I wish the, that it was a bit more relaxed and, and people enjoying more themselves. Roman, and you? Yeah, I'm not going that far. I think uh, I'm really in love with 93, 94, and then 2005 and 6. Uh, maybe I should ask Kimmy who was back then. Yeah, you were racing. Eh? Um, I, I love the cars uh, around that, that time, and, uh, and they looked amazing, and they were tire wear, wear as well, which were quite fun to watch from outside, I, I thought, and refueling, and just the car looked Really, really cool mid 2000s. So, um, I mean, I drove a 2007 car, but I wish you racing looked quite good then. Thank you. Any more questions? On EE from Titan Sports, a question to Kimmy. Uh, no matter which teams you are in, you always seem to be the fans' favorite here in China. So what, um, from your perspective, what characteristics you have to attract so many fans in China? I have no idea. I need to uh, go and ask them. I mean, uh, I think generally Japan, China, fin Finnish people, we seem to have a lot of fans. And uh, yeah, it's great. Sometimes, uh, especially here, so there's a, uh, I cannot go anywhere, but uh, you know, but uh, that's a part of part of the 
would say the other side of the the, the fans. So, but um, yeah, I always had a lot of fans here since the first time we came here. So I'm happy about it. But I don't know the reason. I guess you will probably get the answer if you go and ask, come in front of our hotel. I think you can ask from the or at the airport. Thank you. Next question. The Tarankin Racing Lines and RaceFans.net. Uh, you may have noticed that in Bahrain, McLaren was sponsored by an e-cigarette brand, Vipe. Um, particularly the three fathers there. How do you feel about this? Do you think it sets the right sort of example for your children? Roman. <laughs> <laughs> oh dear. Oh, I'm gonna to me. <laughs> yeah, well, well, I'm, I'm gonna dig my own order. Um, right. I. I think if you want to watch on Netflix, because they are friends now, whatever content you want, you can. And I mean, I am the first one to tell my friends stop smoking, and I've actually achieved that a few times, and I'm quite proud of, of that. Having e-cigarettes maybe somehow is, is a less extent bad. Um, I think if they want to sponsor Formula One, why not? Um, you know, I think... Um, have been many many years with Total, uh, which is a, an oil company in France or in the worldwide, and we've actually done some uh, amazing um, experience together. And you could say that oil is actually not good for the environment and so on. But I think uh, actually, you know, company like Total are trying to do a lot for the environment um, and, and just producti producing oil. So I think at the end, if I don't know much about e-cigarettes, uh, to be fair, but if it's better for healthy reason, uh, if it's uh, less smelly as well, you know, we just came up the stairs here and it smells cigarette like hell. Same when you leave an, air an airport, the first thing you do when you go out of an airport, everyone is smoking his first cigarette and it stinks. And if e-cigarette can be better in somehow, then great. So I think uh, if, if, and again, if, if it's better, then why not? And if it helps our sport, uh, then great. Thank you. Checo? I think Roman did a good job with that one. <laughs> <laughs> Give me anything from you? No, I have no no issue. I mean I don't I don't see the connection that if if my son sees advertising on any of that, doesn't matter if it's alcohol, cigarettes, something, I don't believe that that affects his his choices whatsoever. I mean uh, that's my my belief on that, and it didn't affect on my choices when I've seen them in the past. I think uh, you know, rules are rules, what you can do, what not. That's that's not my business, but uh, I have no worries on those. I think that's a great point that Kim is bringing here, um, because we watched Formula One when it was a lot of cigarettes on the car. Uh, you know, um, Williams, um, Jordan. Uh, Ferrari, McLaren, and I mean, I've never smoked smoke all my life, but I've been watching a lot of races, so I don't think there's any connection there. Okay, thank you.